Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network and the Exxon Broadcast Network and our affiliates worldwide. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com and our websites, www.exxonradiotv.com and www.exxonetv.com. My guest this hour is returning for part two of all of what all I can say is a fascinating UFO story of UFOs that happened in Toronto, over Toronto, in Canada, of all places, Canada. His name is Paul Shishi. We had Paul on a couple of weeks ago and um, received a lot of email from ufologists and interested members of the Exxon Nation worldwide. So the first opportunity that we have to bring Paul back is today. It's a holiday here in Ontario. Paul's off work, and he's joining us now from his home in Toronto. Paul Shishi, welcome back to the Exxon. Hi, Rob. Happy family to you and yours and all. Uh, it's a great day to have off. Well, you know, uh, you know, Paul, we, we received emails from listeners around the world talking about your experiences. There were those... The majority said, wow, but there were the odd skeptic who said, come on, he's had this many UFO sightings. And I wrote back and I said, yes, he did, with witnesses. Well, uh, yeah, this is why uh, I'd like to start from the beginning. And you got that story from the first segment uh, we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought you up to August 13th, 2003. Just to reflect back, you have to remember at age 8 from 1967, to age 18, or, or rather up to 2002, I did uh, witness uh, nine UFO sightings and further wanted to investigate what was going on. And uh, everything changed in 2003 uh, from all sightings being in the month of August. It now started with the first one being on March 3rd, 2003, and uh, following many more sightings in the year of 2003. And uh, I told you a couple uh, that happened in... Uh, March 3rd, 2003, uh, June 21st, uh, 2003, July 18th, 2003, in the place where I had the close encounter in 77, uh, and then witnessing uh, a flying creature at camp on August 3rd, uh, two to three feet long. Uh, it's like cutting a broom handle stick at about two, three, four inches in diameter, uh, and it had uh, like a propeller wings at the back, and it was very close to me, six, seven feet away. And, uh, you know, this, this does quite a, a psyche uh, shock to the mind of, you know, what is it I'm seeing? Why, 
why am I being bothered by this due to probably uh, a fascination that I have now, as I did the study, uh, MUFON Journal, uh, talking about the emotions of people who uh, uh, have uh, sightings and or abduction, uh, most are uh, 80% are afraid. Uh, later, many people are, are mad at what's happening to right down to the emotion of the fascinated and interested of uh, 1.3%. And I believe that's me. And uh, in study of what I've been trying to find during these times of seeing what I was seeing, I got to the library mm-hmm. of, uh, in uh, Scarborough on August 13th, the Cedar Bray Library, uh, went into the Star Archives, and uh, found an article confirming, indeed, UFOs in Scarborough in 1965 of recanting uh, Victor's... Uh, claim of, uh, I believe, you've been abducted, and those childhood nightmares uh, were not indeed childhood nightmares. I was shocked on uh, August 13, 2003. It is a date I shall never forget. I came out of that library holding the article in my hand, looking up the sky, and I felt, Rob, honest to God, I felt like I've been watched all my life. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shocking feeling. And, uh, well, those, those nightmare, nightmare dreams that I'll told Victor, I'll tell to you, of what I have in memory. All right, why don't we um, do this? Why don't we do this? We have to take a two-minute commercial break now. When we come back, share with us, if you if you wouldn't mind, those nightmares that you had from your youth. Is that all right? That's not a problem. Paul Shishi is our very special guest, Exo Nation. And if you would like to uh, send us an email, we'll make sure it gets to Paul. Send an email to exxon at exxonradiotv.com. That's Xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. You can always chat with us here during the show, before the show, after the show, 24 hours a day by logging on to MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. And to listen to all of last week's shows, go to www.xzonetv.com. I'll be back with Paul Shishi talking more about UFOs over Toronto, Ontario, Canada as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network and the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. So, Paul, take us back to your youth and, and the dreams that you had that only started to to make sense in your later years. Um, these were what I called the mummy dreams. I carry memory for all, all my life with them. It goes back to probably uh, 1963. I was four years old. We moved into Scarborough uh, from Laredo, so uh, like in near Kill Street and Shepherd, uh, as my mother told me, in the apartment. So we, we moved into Scarborough. I was very young, so I'm, I'm gathering I was four years old, 1963. 
the dreams I was having, or which which are very uh, ingrained in memory, uh, and of course I believe they were dreams up to age 44 until that day of uh, August uh, 13, 2003. At age 44, that uh, what I remember was being carried uh, by uh, a tall creature with a large head. It looked uh, hideous, uh, like an insect. Uh, large, large black eyes, wrap around black eyes, like. Uh, probably a species like a praying mantis uh, type of uh, face, uh, very large head. And uh, I could see uh, no clothes, hardly any hair, uh, just looked very, very uh, gruesome, uh, uh, terrifying face to look at that I stared at as it's cradling me as a child, walking along the hall uh, and upstairs heading towards the bathroom. I looked at the face, in the, and the face looked at me and responded, not, not a word, but... And, and my mind was uh, a reaction from this creature, how dare you look at me, uh, sort of feeling. Like, how dare, like, it was just like, how dare you look at me? And I just felt like I couldn't move. It was just my eyes that could move. I couldn't move my body. I couldn't scream. And as we're walking, I, I kind of uh, had my head down looking into the, the bedroom door of my parents as we're moving along, and it was kind of like a, a different type of dream state that I was in, and then looking at them as I could hear them snoring, uh, they were sleeping, sound asleep, and, and I wanted to scream, but I couldn't. And as they're walking along the hall, I, I noticed the way the motion of them walking uh, were robotic uh, type of motion, uh, to say the best uh, in description of what I remember. And then I, I remember being in some type of a, a cornless room somewhere. It was like a mushy white light on uh, and throughout the whole uh, circle part of this room, uh, it was. It wasn't bright. It was kind of dim. It was a mushroom type of uh, color, uh, to say the best tone uh, of memory. Uh, and looking at it, uh, one was holding me, and I looked, and there was five to seven of these smaller type of guys. Uh, they looked more like snowmen. Uh, looking at their faces, kind of like more round, uh, and and their eyes looked more round, and and they kind of seemed jovial. Uh, I felt there was there was you know some kind of humor in the crowd uh, as they were with me, but I was terrified. Uh, they were throwing me around uh, from one to the other uh, in the circle. Uh, I, I felt uh, afraid that, you know, as I'm flying in the air, as they're throwing me, I'd fall uh, to the ground. I remember doing scissors in the air, you know, like something's going to happen, and one would have me. And I remember not to look at the face, but I looked at the head. And the head, as it was holding me like a child, uh, was looking at me from head to toe, and then would throw me to the next person or the next uh, other creature type of whomever, whatever it was that I, I remember in these dreams. Uh, then I remember uh, being somewhere where it's very black, very dark. Uh, I don't know if it's in my room. I don't know where it is. Uh, now you got to remember your child wondering, you know, these, these type of dreams. Mm -hmm. But just taking you there, uh, Rob, everything's black. And then I look and I see this white light at a distance, coming close. It started to move like a pendulum. It was coming closer, and, and it, it was so small, but it was getting bigger, and it was just moving like a pendulum back, like right to left, coming in, and it was almost like I believe I could hear a sound, like, like you know, like, like that, and it came closer until it totally encompassed me, and, and I mean totally encompassed me, that it was so big, and it was pushing against my chest, 
and 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 I'm just screaming bloody blue murder because it, it was sort of like an irritation or a, a like I guess almost like a pain to the chest, and and I wake up screaming in my bed uh, in a sweat like I'm t- totally sweat down, and my parents come into my room and uh, my father I remember him saying should we take him to the hospital, and my mother said uh, you know uh, he's got a bad uh, 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 fever high temperature I'll, I'll get a face cloth and cool him down and take him to our bed so that's what my mother did and uh, you know for the rest of the night I, I didn't keep calm I was very upset with what had just happened it was very traumatic um, and, and, and more memories of, of these types of dreams I, I sort of remember that uh, they come back and the smaller guys now I think would be coming around the bed uh, not the tall ones and, and I recall always sometimes there was a shadow person uh, type of thing that had no sort of face, but it was always there, not doing anything. It was just always around, uh, like, just studying what was going on. Uh, it was really bizarre, uh, which, you know, you're a child. <laughs> you know, uh, these dreams, they, you know, when you think back, they were just dreams, but, uh, you know, when you start to see stuff in the sky and you start to put connections together, you, you know, as Victor had said, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's shocking. Uh, it's absolutely mind-blowing uh, to stay sane, uh, not just to what you've seen, but to, to now interpret that you were actually abducted. And, and of course, in today's study, uh, they say if, if 10% of our populace has been uh, abducted at 6.8 billion, we're at 680 million. Is it possible that only 0.1% remember the abduction part and the other 99.9% remember just seeing a UFO flitting off or coming in? All right, but Paul, you said that your mother said you had had a high fever. A high fever causes hallucinations. Is it possible that you were really sick and that what you thought was a dream was actually a fever-induced hallucination? Well, uh, I don't. I don't discount that. That 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 is a possibility. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, it's a possibility. Uh, I, I'm just relaying to you of uh, when I came out of it right. uh, to reveal what what the the, the ingrained nightmare was uh, about, and it was just uh, very traumatic to me. Uh, along with these uh, these other ongoing type of dreams uh, that I recant or think back of uh, connecting, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> they were bizarre, Rob, and they were ongoing. And uh, my parents were very protective over me at age four. There, there's nothing of TV or anything that that would you know give me those kind of ideas. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I I'm a four year old kid and I like nature outside, you know, and, and fascination with insects and such, you know, as any child would be. But, you know, to, to put those things in my, my uh, mind of what, what it felt like and to what I started to study uh, in late 2002, 2003 about abduction, uh, you know, it, it just sort of, it sort of fit the, the, uh, the template of what uh, most uh, people had been talking about in stats of experiences. But you see, you just said something there that, that, that I have to question is, you know, it, it fits the experience that other people have had doesn't mean that you yourself had that experience, does it? Uh, well, I, I can't say for certain. Okay. I can't say for certain, uh, Rob, because it, it happened so long ago, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, whether it physically happened, uh, whether it was some kind of astral thing that had happened to me, or, or whether it was just uh, some type of uh, horrible nightmare that... Uh, that came to my mind. I, I can't really tell you that. When you came, uh, I when, can only tell you what I remember. When you came back from that experience that you believe was was more than just a child having a high fever, were there any physical trace marks on you that your parents could recall? Uh, 
no. no they way. they never told me uh, and and quite contrary I've, i i've never asked mm-hmm. uh to think about it uh but i'll I, i'll be I'll make an issue to ask my mother that one but they there was nothing uh in scope to give them any kind of that feeling you know what else is there okay. uh, wrong with them but these nightmares uh i was afraid of going into department stores at age four because of the mannequins uh, for heaven's sakes, uh, you know they, there was just something about the mannequins that I was afraid of. And and when did the nightmare stop? Um, I think they anticipated they probably uh, stopped at probably age six, uh, at, at at the latest. I'd say, uh, you know, they they were just ongoing, uh, mm. some nightly, some weekly, uh, right through the months. But they did wean down to about after age six, and you know, I just took them as nightmares. Right, uh, that's what they—they they were. That's what you think as a child. Uh, mm-hmm. They happen, and uh, you know when when I found out uh, that in fact uh, they may well not be nightmares. Uh, I was I was pretty perplexed. It, it was quite shocking. Let uh, me play the devil's advocate at this point. All right, the, the peer, you know, the the fact that they may not be nightmares never came from a psychologist or anyone within the medical research communities. It's coming from people who believe in extraterrestrial abduction, right? Uh, that's right, Rob. There, there have been groups uh, who have been studying this for, uh, I guess, for over 40 years, and uh, there's been, uh, you know, a, a growth in it, uh, and, and, of course, the, the abduction thing from the 60s, when we when we look at the icon of uh, Betty Hill, uh, when we first really started to hear about it, uh, you know, seemed to grow uh, more so in about the uh, 80s and 90s now of uh, you know horrible experiences people are having and and uh, that that it, it's grown uh, uh, like a, a, a pandemic, uh, I guess you could say, of uh, people who have been coming not out today of when it recently happened, but uh, that happened uh, many decades ago. Why do people wait so long to come forth? Uh, well, uh, we live in a society of uh, fear and ridicule. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of like when you look uh, way back of uh, when you're called a witch, you know, that you can do or see things that are indifferent to others, you know, uh <laughs> You you, uh, you 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 feel you could have a, a witch hunt or people to look at you odd that you don't fit in society because of what you uh, see uh, or what you can do. Uh, you know, it's different. You're just a different uh, kind of thing. Well, now we know that the witch hunts were caused by members of organized uh, religions who were against the the Wiccans for their beliefs and that they wanted to scare the other people of the populace into becoming members of their church because their church was powerful. Are we saying the same may be possible about the UFO scenario and the alien abduction scenario that there may not be anything to it? Or do you really believe in your heart of hearts that there is more to it than just myth? I'll be back on oh, the yeah. other side of this commercial oh. break as we continue here in the X-Zone. Paul Shishi is our special guest. And Paul and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue talking about UFOs here in the X-Zone, where? Right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. Hi, this is Eric Rawls of Cosmoverse.com, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Hi, this is Blade Runner, and you are listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. 
Hi, I'm Laura Sabrin of Cease to Fields Organic Vineyard in Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McCong. Hi, my name is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara-on-the-Lake, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McCong. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Well, I just got back from Roswell, where the aliens have been. And if you ask the feds the cause, well, they'll only lie again. Now I'm hunted by the gumshoes, and I'm wanted by the cops. Cause they think that I might be the guy Making circles in the crops And I know that there's a conspiracy From the voices in my head Elvis lives, that's clear to me It's McCartney who is dead And if the Mars man should come again And take me, I will go I will take a trip on their rocket ship God bless the UFO JFK, this message, it's the Cuban army's fault. And I know that Dave Koresh is alive inside a vault. We've seen reports in papers of a guy who knows about a car that runs on chewing gum, but the Arabs rubbed him out. And we loudly warn that America is badly unprepared. The Cold War through, we need something new that can get you good and scared. You wonder just who is warning you of conspiracies today. We're the ones who fill the rumor mill. We are the CIA. Shishi is our special guest, and we're talking about Paul's experiences, um, not only as seeing UFOs that were witnessed by other people, but also Paul believes that he is uh, one of the very few who've come forward to talk about being abducted by aliens. And, and I have to ask you this question, Paul. Why do you think that the aliens are abducting people? Um. I believe uh, when I when I was looking into you know agenda of mm-hmm. abduction, uh, there was there was many reasons. One that caught my eye was uh, acting liaison between human and extraterrestrial. Uh, we we have to realize that you know first of all we're not the most intelligent species on the planet, uh, let alone outside the planet. Uh, so we're very arrogant to uh, ourselves, and, and of course we we kill anything we don't understand. We we, we have that hostility, or I guess you would say uh, that beast still in us uh, that we kill and find out later about it. And, uh, well, uh, the authority has done that kind of training to us in war. We're a very tribal species and family uh, worldwide. Only our history can reveal what, what has happened and, and how the conditioning has been 
been ongoing from century to century. We've never had 100 years of peace. Uh, so I think uh, there needs to be a, an upbringing of a spiritual lifting, uh, maybe uh, uh, a design of, of, uh, of uh, consciousness of people uh, being inbreded of abduction to uh, be a little more clarity of spirituality of existence and harmonization of its planet uh, that you reside on that, you know, water, oxygen, sunlight are, are three main elements uh, to sustain life. Any Aboriginal will tell you that. Uh, and, of course, we've corrupted all three of them now, so we've got a problem with that. Uh, but, but more so it's the sinisterism of, uh, you know, uh, groups and people who have, uh, you know, a high wealth of uh, money, uh, where they say, well, what, 1% have uh, uh, 40% of the world's wealth. Uh, so they, it gives you an idea of the stats of who owns what, you know, and, and truly who, who doesn't have anything, such as a $2 a day to people who don't even know where their next meal is coming from. It's the whole structure of our existence of, uh, you know, deprivation. All right, yeah, I, I understand that, Paul, but how does this play into the world of extraterrestrials and alien abduction? Uh, well, uh, in, in, a, in, in various uh, agendas, uh, for me, uh, I feel that uh, it, it's, it's the alarm bells of, uh, you know, what's going on of how we're conducting ourselves on this planet, uh, and and to bring to to the masses that you know we're going in the wrong direction here, uh, you know, in in uh, I guess a, a too much of a materialism uh, way of uh, conditioning is the way I see it. So uh, you know, why are they abducting people? As you're saying, Rob, maybe it's to uh, enlighten people of uh, you know of common sense, uh, you know, and and common sense is uh, you know why 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 are you uh, allowing uh, the planet to uh, continue uh, to be destroyed. You know, like, for example, oil. We, we allow oil spills to happen. Uh, no, I don't think you know, we... we I don't, wait a sec, wait a sec, hold on here. We don't allow them to happen. They happen. We don't purposely go out and spill oil into the seas. That, that, that is absolutely correct, but do we really need to use oil? Is there other technologies well, in this right point, now at that... This point, uh, at this point of our planet's development, yes. So, uh, you know... Maybe we need to know more of the truth of uh, lies that are held uh, behind for for profit uh, of uh, people who have had standings of controlling, uh, oh, you know, Paul, uh, Paul, world we can't, we can't blame the people who have been fortunate enough to amass money for everything that goes wrong in our lives. If these extraterrestrials are really here, and if they are grooming certain members of society as emissaries between them and the rest of this planet, why don't they supply us and it w with the necessary technology in order to make things happen? Why don't they just land on Parliament Hill, land on the White House lawn, land at Buckingham Palace, Red Square, uh, and all these other main places? Why do they do everything at night? Behind shadows, it makes no sense to logical minds. Well, it's not just uh, in the shadows at night, Rob. Uh, people are witnessing things in the day in the sky. Uh, some extremely large, uh, miles in diameter. Uh, you know, uh, there there is a presence obviously going on. And and to the questions you're asking me, why don't they they land on the lawn? Uh, I, I believe uh, if you look at your history of the flybys of Washington in 1952 July. I mean, that that's already a sample of, of some form of contact already happening. But wait a second. Uh, Hold yeah. on here. Hold on here. Hold on here. There has never been proof conclusive or evidence 
to say that what was actually in the skies over Washington were not from this planet. Well, I, I'm not saying they were from this pla- uh, weren't from this planet. They may be from our planet. It might be another intelligence that resides with us uh, that uh-huh. might be interdimensional. We don't really know, do we? No, we don't know, but we, why is it that we have to surmise that they're little green men from space? I'm not surmising they are little green men from space, Rob. I, I believe there's various types of species outside our world that, that are incredible uh, in, in characteristics of their, their appearance and, 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 and exponential of uh, you know, species types uh, that are outside our planet, for sure. All right, now you said there are massive UFOs, some miles in, in diameter. Where? Uh, well, there are uh, good footages if you do your homework and look at NASA's uh, with the uh, footages they brought out. And, of course, they stopped the footages. They lied. They don't well, is it NASA that lied, or was it the overactive imaginations of UFO buffs who read into this what they wanted to, causing NASA to shut the feed down because of all the woo-woo factors out there? Well, uh, that, that, again, that could be a possibility, too. We don't want a frenzy of fright uh, to the populace. That's why when you ask, you know, well, why aren't they revealing this all at once? Maybe maybe the human race isn't ready to, to handle it, but it'll have to, as but far as I see it. There's another theory. Maybe they're not there. Maybe they're not there? Well, then you've got to convince millions of people who have seen them through our history and even today. But what are the, what are the percentages of people who believe in these little flying machines compared to the people, the percentage of people who don't? Uh, well, uh, today, I think it's supposed to be 75%. That depends on which poll that well, you follow. Well, of course it depends on which poll. And how uh, the question is asked. I, I, I can tell you personally, Rob, uh, uh-huh. because of uh, my interest in it, uh, as it started to open up in 2003, uh, I talked to many people. And you know what? Uh, there's a lot of people who have a story, uh, you know, that what they've witnessed, uh, you know, that is uh, bizarre. Uh, they've seen something, too, also in the area. But, you know, massively mm-hmm. uh, of numbers of people seeing things like the Phoenix Lights and, and uh, Los Angeles in 1942, uh, just to think of a few, and even recently the Stevenson thing, uh, I mean... It's oh, wait a sec. Hold on here. Oh, hold on, on here. Hold on here. Let's get back to uh, Stevensville. Let's get back to Stevensville for a second. MUFON even debunked the Stevensville sighting. Well, uh, I wasn't there, Rob. And uh, But yet, he, yet MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, did a co- comprehensive study of radar tracking, witness accounts, and they say it was not a UFO. And that's the very organization that so many poli- people look at the, as the the um, the organization to go to when it comes to UFOs. So well, it seems that there's even discrepancies within the organizations. Well, that that is absolutely right. There are discrepancies in everything. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's called the grapevine thing. There 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 uh, you know. There are people who, who witness and report things that hits the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one or two people, but in the dozens, in the hundreds, uh, it's reported. And, of course, uh, you know, we've got to explain this away. We don't want to uh, start a panic in the area. We don't want a perception that, you know, what's going on. But, of course, it is happening. You can't stop it. No, uh, There are more sightings happening worldwide uh, if, you, if you look into it. And they are being reported on mainstream now. The Vatican is coming closer about it now that we can accept uh, but the Vatican, are, uh, the Vatican is also after more numbers. The the church is falling. The church is losing 
believers. That and the church can only succeed with members who pay into the pot every Sunday. So of course they're going to open their arms up to a new breed of 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 uh, member. People are doing this all over the world, but that doesn't mean that what they're actually looking at and seeing in the skies are UFOs. They, in fact, there are there are now countries, and I was just uh, I was just reading this yesterday. There were uh, there are there are states. I'm sorry, there are countries and counties in Great Britain who are outlawing Chinese lanterns because they always people are just letting them go left, right, and center. And they're being misidentified, costing authorities thousands of money to chase down these bogus UFO reports. And then in Modesto, California, you had a bunch of people calling into the authorities about UFOs that turned out to be radio remote-controlled airplanes. So where do where do you actually draw the line between reality and the lack of knowledge of what people are seeing? Well, um based on what you're saying, is that there's no doubt about it, Rob. In order to believe something, you have to see it for yourself, okay? You, you can read uh, into things that, that, you know, I can't put my head around this because, you know, well, what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about something they saw, something that was very traumatic to them. I mean, you could see uh, the pranks that do happen uh, sporadically in our history. Of course there are pranks that happen. Uh, right down to the balloon boy thing you, you mentioned uh, from our last chat. Uh, these things are there, of course, but the overwhelming stories and data that, that people uh, have brought forward, as I say, from the past going back 60, 70 years, I mean, you can't dismiss it. The, the, the things that have been seen by astronauts, by pilots, there, there's obviously something to it. I'm not saying they're extraterrestrial, Rob. I'm not saying they're all extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. Even people, when they see things, could well be military. You know, uh, we know there are black projects that go on uh, with the U.S. and other countries, and people may have what you call misidentifications. And? Well, and uh, it, it, it is something that, that has been happening and is growing as I see it. And uh, for me, mm-hmm. personally, because I've come to you and, and telling you what I've witnessed uh, in, in a cycle from a child, uh, to adulthood, to uh, the many more sightings that I that I wish to talk to you about what mm-hmm. I've seen, that I even had witnesses beside me. You know, if I if I didn't have the witnesses with me, if I didn't have the pictures with me, Rob, mm-hmm. then I'd be worried about myself. But you know, I'll, but I'll, I'll tell you an experiment that we did on the corner of Bloor and Young for another radio station. In fact, it was AM six forty with Andrew Crystal. I stood out at the corner of Bloor and Young, which is a very busy area of downtown Toronto, as you know, and I just looked up. Within five minutes, I had about 20 people around me looking up, and they could all see what I was looking at, and I was looking at nothing. Right. So? So that goes to show that people may want to see what other people are seeing just in order to be part of the collective and psychologists call that the collective, the collective viewing format, where people look up, somebody thinks they see something, then other people around them claim to see it as well. And actually what they're seeing is nothing. Well, that's because you're looking at nothing. So nothing but is these nothing. people, these people that were around me say, I see it, I see it, there it is, do you see it? 
and I'm just looking up at nothing. And what did they say they saw to you, Rob? They saw that that strange thing in the sky that I was looking at, and I did not say a word. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at com. Do you believe or do you disbelieve? Once again, send an email, exxon at com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue talking about UFOs here on the Exxon. In the next hour, Pastor Harry joins me about the Maitreya. And in the final hour of tonight's show, Dr. Shelley Carr joins me with her very own paranormal experiences. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. She's our special guest, and uh, Paul, I, I, I guess, I guess, I'd like to know. After all these years, you, you've had you've had the dreams, you you had the encounter that that truly is phenomenal in Quinty when you saw this thing go flying by. You, you've had people with you when you've seen when you've had your sightings. Um, why do you think they've chosen you? Why do you think that you see these? You've had these count. Uh, countless number of, of sightings. Why you and not everyone on this planet? Well, uh, I guess sometimes when you want to check out a species and you're doing a, a tag and monitor, uh, you take a random sample of, uh, you know, of that species, and of course you tag it and you monitor it. And uh, you watch and watch how it interrelates with uh, its family, its uh, life cycle. It might be generational. Uh, I do believe it is. And uh, so they monitor, you know, of how we would Mm -hmm. look at another species, uh, say say even the polar bear. Right. You know, we tranquilize it, we Mm -hmm. tag it, and we watch it. We watch its cubs. Because we want it to survive. Tell, speaking about well, cubs, have any of your children had encounters or experiences like you've had? Um, both my children have seen things. Their friends have seen things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Ha, it, now, have they? Have they also been abducted? I can't say for sure. Have you ever uh, asked I can't them? tell you for signs to know. Uh, but we've had a lot of strange stuff uh, that I noticed mm-hmm. in 2003. But, but uh, have you ever asked them? Have I ever asked them? Yeah. tell you the truth, Rob. I can't tell you that I'm talking face-to-face or hearing voices in my head, and thank God I'm not. I can only tell you what I see. I can only report to you what I see. But, but, and, but, if, but if, you're, if, you, if you, a few minutes you said, you said, you know, that, that they could be studying the species, and, and, you know, like you said, the you used a polar bear example with the cubs, and if somebody was studying you wouldn't they also be studying your children and yet you know have you ever asked your kids if they've had these strange dreams if they believe they've been abducted well uh, they've had uh, some 
dreams. But, uh, but have you ever asked them? That's a simple yes or no question. Yes, I have. Okay. I have asked them. And uh, from there, it's classified. It's classified? Yeah. I, I don't think uh, I need to bring my children into this, what they've seen. It's just that I'm coming forward to tell you what I've seen and what other people have seen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's courtesy. It's classified. Well, I don't. I don't want to bring my children into this. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. So you would just rather focus the attention on yourself and not your children. All righty, there you go. That's what ufology is all about: self-centeredism, Exxon Nation. On a scale of one to ten, uh, let me see. This music should give you a hint on whether I believe him or not. Ah, uh, yeah, another one bites the dust here on the Exxon. Emissary. Yeah, don't you know that? This guy here is going to be the the emissary of the aliens, the bug people. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll tell you. He opens up a door. When you go through the door, doesn't want you to find out too much information or doesn't want to involve any more information. Why? Because he wants to be the center of the activity, not his kids. That's why people do not believe a lot of these woo-woos when they talk about UFOs. When we come back from this uh, news break, Pastor Harry will be with me here on the Exxon as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Another one bites the dust. 